Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. At a meeting in Arlington, Virginia in late 2018, one of the Pentagon's top officials told an audience of defense executives that the U.S. is locked in a tight race with Russia and China to develop a new game-changing weapon that could fly at many times the speed of sound and could be used to launch a devastating attack upon an enemy in a matter of minutes. The assemblage was told by Michael D. Griffin, the Department of Defense's Undersecretary for Research and Engineering, that of all of the technological marvels that the Pentagon hoped to create, developing a hypersonic missile was his highest priority. It's not hard to understand why. Hypersonic missiles, a technology that could be deployed as soon as the mid-2020s, sound like the sort of exotic menace that a villain would dream up in a James Bond thriller. If we could get them to work, hypersonic missiles could have the ability to fly and maneuver at speeds between 5 and 25,000 kilometers per hour at a range of altitudes up to 100 kilometers above Earth's surface. For our non-metric friends, that's about 3 to 15,000 miles per hour and up to 62 miles high uh, at the edge of orbital space. These capabilities could make it a nightmare to defend against them because they would be moving so fast that it would be difficult to predict where they were about to strike until the last few minutes before impact. And because the missiles travel at such a high speed, their sheer kinetic energy alone would enable them to wreak destruction without carrying any conventional explosives or nuclear warheads. There are different potential methods of attaining that fantastic speed. One approach is to fire a conventional missile that would in turn release a smaller hypersonic glide vehicle, which would fly up into the upper layers of the atmosphere. Another approach would utilize a rocket or an advanced jet engine such as a scramjet. Military visionaries have been contemplating hypersonic weapons for decades, but it wasn't until recently that the concept began to seem close to fruition, not due to any one specific breakthrough in technology, but rather due to a combination of progresses and political motivation. We spoke via email with Ian D. Boyd, a professor of aerospace engineering at the University of Michigan. He explained, to develop a missile, you first have to show that the platform can fly a mission of interest— That was demonstrated in the U.S. in 2010 to 2014 by scramjet-powered demonstration flights. While the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA's, two flight tests of their HTV-2 boost glide vehicle ended in failure, significant progress was demonstrated and important lessons learned. In an overlapping time period, the Pentagon demonstrated longer-range hypersonic vehicle capabilities in their conventional prompt strike program. DARPA and the Air Force then partnered to mature many of the systems needed on a platform to make it into a weapon, uh, such as the guidance, navigation, and control, materials, structures, and rocket boosters. But the U.S. wasn't alone in its interest in developing hypersonic capabilities. Boyd said, China was watching and learning, and at some point started investing in hypersonics. Since 2015, it became evident that significant progress was being made that, at least in numbers of flight tests conducted, appeared to show China outpacing U.S. efforts. And in Russia, where they've worked on hypersonics for decades like the U.S., they also seem to have had recent successes with test flights. In response to the Chinese and Russian progress, the Trump administration is pushing to develop hypersonic weapons as soon as possible and is requesting funding of $2.6 billion for hypersonic research by the Air Force, Navy, Army, and DARPA in its budget request for the 2020 financial year. The managing editor for national security for the Center for Public Integrity, one R. Jeffrey Smith, reported in the New York Times Magazine that spending on developing hypersonic weapons could rise to $5 billion a year as the U.S. pushes to develop a deployable hypersonic missile system in the next two to three years. 
Though hypersonic missiles could carry nuclear warheads, the missiles being developed by the U.S. will only be equipped with conventional explosives. But they'll still be plenty fearsome. As Smith wrote in The Times, quote, the missiles function like nearly invisible power drills that smash holes in their targets to catastrophic effect. They'll impact their targets with a force equivalent to three to four tons of TNT, according to Smith. In some ways, hypersonic missiles present a different and perhaps even scarier threat to peace than present nuclear arsenals because they could enable a nation to launch a surprise attack and cripple an enemy's ability to retaliate, leaving it helpless against the threat of a nuclear attack. They'd be difficult to defend against for a number of reasons. Their speed, the fact that they fly in an area between aviation and space flight that we've never had to defend in, and they're maneuverable, meaning they'd have to be tracked throughout their flight with accuracy. Boyd explained another issue. Quote, This class of missiles is not covered by any currently valid weapons treaty. This poses a number of concerns, including the fact that the nations primarily involved, the U.S., China, and Russia, do not have established protocols in place for the use of these systems. Finally, the potential for a hypersonic weapon to carry either a conventional warhead or a nuclear warhead means that a nation under threat wouldn't know whether a nuclear response should be considered. That all means that in the near future, hypersonic missiles could lead to a continuous atmosphere of hyperanxiety in which nations might be afraid to not strike first or to instantly launch a counterattack at the first hint of trouble. Or, at the very least, it could prompt nations to spend even more money on not just counterattacks, but defense measures. Today's episode was written by Patrick J. Kiger and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other military topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. (laughs) 